Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But don't forget, with the $50 or more first time deposit at PointsBet, you will get a free CHGO membership, a kick-ass shirt from the CHGO locker, access to our Discord, all that great stuff. All that for making a $50 or more first time deposit at PointsBet. I am all jacked up on Luke Richardson energy and Buffalo chicken sandwich energy. I'm with Greg and Mario. We just got back from lunch after getting back from and, the Luke Richardson and, press conference. And Strava coffee? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Jacked up from Strava coffee as always. Um, but it doesn't give you the jitters. No, no jitters at all. It's just energy. Just right. pure unbridled. I could flip this table over right now. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I got to say, you know, uh, kind of an odd um, setup. The press conference was in the Blackhawk store, which is not the roomiest place in the world, but they made it work. Uh, beautiful backdrop behind Luke Richardson of the city and the river. Uh, but, man, I came away uh, with high expectations based on what we knew about Luke going into the presser and then hearing him speak today, laying out specifics, giving specific examples. I was really impressed with how he handled his uh, first press conference as head coach. Yeah, it's Everything that, that he's been advertised as so far seemed like it came across in today's press conference. He had a lot of the right things to say, a lot of the things that you you know we, we all wanted to hear. And, yeah, I mean, until we know, you know, the results of games, we can't really, you know, see how players develop. We can't really say good move, bad move, whatever. We just kind of have to go off of, you know, what we've uh, been told for, about Richardson from his, you know, his playing career, teammates, um, you know, his, his coaching career, I, I think everything that we've heard, we heard today, all fits together. There were, you know, there were stories about his development, uh, work with, with a player like Chris Weidman was, yeah. uh, was one of the specifics that they laid out there. Um, you know, he talked about being teammates with Eddie Olchek and, and kind of getting, uh, you know, getting the, the ropes of Chicago early on in his playing career that way. It was just, just a lot of good things to hear. And, um, yeah, I mean, he says he's an optimistic person, and I think that that's the kind of uh, the kind of attitude you kind of have to have right now. Is that you know, if you're if you're down in the in in the mud about the rebuild, it's going to be hard to, to to come out of it. So for a team that's going to endure a lot of losing, a lot of challenges, it seems like they have a guy that's ready for that challenge. Yeah, if uh, if he would have just showed me a picture of Luke Richardson, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> I would be like, that guy is a hockey coach. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is super coach. Like he is all business, but you could tell. But he's got some. Per- there's some personality in there, yeah. and and uh, you know, he. You wanted a guy with presence. You wanted a guy that could command a room. He's that guy. Absolutely. He demands respect the second he starts speaking. Very, uh, just commands the room and and gets garners respect immediately definitely sounds like a guy that that when he starts talking to a locker room full of young players they're gonna listen uh he's he's as they say he's a man who's seen some things and uh he's got a lot of experience and and he knows that like uh, he didn't get into a lot of specifics about exactly what he's gonna do because he doesn't know what the roster is gonna look like Mm -hmm. and he definitely but he talked about like yeah, there are prototype players I want on this team, but everybody can't be that. So I have to figure out ways to take yes. people's specific abilities and apply it to the whole. Right. And that's refreshing to hear. 
that is not Jeremy Colleton who just said, this is my system. We're going to run it. I don't care. Yeah, and if Dylan Strong's out. not Patrice Bergeron, sit down. Yeah, this is a guy that says, I realize you're, I can't have 20 guys that are all exactly how I want them to be, so I have to get them either up to speed or figure out how to adapt my system around what I have, and that's refreshing to hear. Well, Mario mentioned the, the Chris Weideman story, and I, to me that like really stood out for me because he said, here's Chris Weideman, a undersized defenseman, who's trying to battle Pat Maroon in front of the net by trying to nudge him out of the way and out-muscle him. He's not going to do that. He's a smallish defenseman. Pat Maroon is a big power forward, and Luke went to him and said, look, instead of trying to muscle him out of the way, work his hands beat him to the spot and make him get past you to get there. He had specific adjustments to make for an undersized defenseman. Now, if that's Nolan Allen two or three years from now, he's not going to have the same advice for Nolan Allen. He's going to say, use your big-ass body and mm -hmm. shove him out of the way. Here's a way to do it without taking a penalty. He seems to have a plan for every kind of player that there is. And one word he kept going back to was trust. He used the word trust so many times during this presser, I think it was at least half a dozen, <laughs> talking about establishing trust with the front office and everybody working together, trust with the veteran players, trust with the young players, mm -hmm. trusting in their system and their development. And he also said, my plan works. He said it out loud that my plan works, my plan is sound. And, you know, of course you can't guarantee anything, but I really liked for a guy entering his first regular head coaching job in the NHL to have that sort of confidence in himself and, and what he's done. And I think the success he's had as an assistant um, has sort of fed that confidence. And look, he was due for a head coaching job. I find it very surprising that the Hawks were the only team to talk to him based on everything we've heard about him since the name first came out. Mm -hmm. It just seems like kind of a no brainer hire and, Sure, a first-timer is going to be more willing to take on a rebuild than a John Tortorella or a Barry Trotz or whoever, but I'm surprised that no other teams had Luke Richardson on the radar, and quite frankly, I'm glad they didn't because yeah. now the Hawks have their man, and we're going to get to it, but the way the whole process went down was really was really cool too. We'll get yeah, to that a little bit later. Absolutely, uh, and, you know, Region Rev says in, in the chat here, you know, Luke spoke about openly and, and candidly about um, – you know the, the the loss of of, of a child to, to suicide and um, that is something that I was unaware of you know, admittedly I, I did not know that 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 was something that he had uh, gone through as a parent and um, you know to, to speak about that and how you know uh, mental health affects him uh, you know as a person as a coach and and how that can tie into you know how the mental health of, of players which is, is coming to the forefront now in, in, in all sports and especially in hockey, how that is an important aspect to him. And I think for a team that is trying to make some culture changes and a sport that is trying to make some culture changes, I think the, the Blackhawks have now a, a head coach that is um, pretty conscious of that. And I think that that's going to be that outside of just the X's and O's. That's something that I think is really important to, to, to the point of building that trust. And I look forward to uh, talking to him about that tomorrow. Uh, if you missed it on our social media channels, uh, Thursday at 11 a.m., we will be joined right here in our West Loop studios by Luke Richardson. So uh, if you've got questions, hit us up on Twitter. I know Casey's going to put out some social media stuff. And join us in the chat. We'll try to get some questions answered for you. But we've got 
30 minutes with Luke Richardson tomorrow. We're really looking forward to that. So uh, good reminder to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on those reminders so you know when we're going live so you don't miss that 11 a.m. sharp. 30 minutes with Luke Richardson on Thursday. I cannot wait for that to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. It'd be nice to get him here and kind of, you know, a little more casual right. and just sit around and chat and get to know him more as 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 a human being more so than the coach and we we'll, don't we'll we'll uh we'll give him some uh ideas on what kind of mustache he should grow because that's very important <laughs> going forward. Uh but no, it, we're very excited and very grateful uh for the Blackhawks bringing him there in is. Uh, yeah there's option one that there's, there's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's an option yeah we gotta yeah, we, go we got it. honestly we gotta get nick's mustache on on luke richardson <laughs> I, I i have been every time i see nick i want to run through a wall that mustache is just fantastic it, it's yeah it's, unbelievable if you haven't watched chgo bears yeah. recently you oh, gotta check something. out some of the episodes and check out nick's mustache it is it is pornographic <laughs> <laughs> but That's one way to describe it. Getting back to our non-mustache head coach, at least temporarily. <laughs> um, one thing that I liked about him, he was asked a question kind of about his demeanor, and he described himself as, as he's calm, and he is very calm. Like mm-hmm. he was very, like didn't seem nervous or or bothered by anything today. Very direct. But he said on the bench that like. He seems, though, even though he played in a different era, he played in the 80s and 90s for the most part. The game was different back then. But he seems that he understands the modern player mm-hmm. pretty well. And he even said, like, if you scream and yell at these guys all day, they're eventually just going to tune you out. And he said that about the refs, too. He goes, I don't like to get – someone asked him that they heard he can get sideways. And you know, I, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that because uh, his wife and daughter laughed at that comment. Yeah. So there was obviously something there, but – he, but he even said, even with the refs, if you spend the whole game yelling at the refs, nothing's going to happen. If you spend the whole time being hard and harsh on your players, they're just going to tune you out. So he says, yeah, I can get emotional. I can get angry, but I save it to drive home a point. Right. Be other, whether it's with the officials during a game where he thinks he's not getting things going his way or with a player. He's going to save that emotion for when it drives home the point better than any other time. So... Uh, that that was also good to hear, and he's definitely serious. Just because you're not intense, doesn't mean yeah. you're not serious. He's I mean, we're we're kind of used to the last few months with Derek King. We'll talk about him. They mentioned him a few times today. Where Derek King was, you know, he was your kind of laid back, you know, fun uncle. Yeah, he was your he was your neighbor that you 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 have a beer with while you mow the lawn together. You know? <laughs> yeah. But Derek King could also be very serious. I've, I've interviewed him after tough games in Rockford where he was not that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But Luke Richardson is not, you know, he's all business. Not that Derek King wasn't business, right. but he's got that more uh, stern uh, approach to it. Presence, and, presence, presence. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that Kyle Davidson uh, talked about a lot, and Luke Richardson absolutely has it. When he walks into that room, everyone knew. Mm-hmm. who the boss was in that room. He's a <laughs> large man. He is fit. He just has a, like, you see, sometimes you, we were talking about this walk into the thing. It's like, sometimes you just see someone and know, like, oh, that's somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can't place exactly who it is, but there's just a presence about them. He definitely had that. Yeah. And and we should say, like, Troy Murray was in the room, too. Similar kind of a thing. Like, when he walks in, people are like, oh, there's, there's Troy. Troy. Like, there's a bit yeah. of a. You know, like a hush comes over the car. <laughs> Even people that know him, like Troy and I are friendly, but 
still to me it's like damn that's Troy Murray yeah like that that that's meaningful and I think Luke, Luke Richardson has kind of that similar longtime career a true like hockey warrior like you said you look at him that's a hockey player yeah. he's got the scars he's got the 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 you know the mileage on his face and on his body that you can see and that guy walks in and has control and I want to go back to what you're saying about um you know using the anger selectively right um he said those sort of actions if you're a coach this is constantly giving it to the ref and constantly yelling that that sort of seeps into the players and they sense that the coach is losing control a little bit and is doesn't really have an answer except to blame the refs for everything that sort of seeps into the players and he also said he, he turns it inward a lot and says if I was a player what would work for me mm-hmm. what would I want my coach how would I want to be treated by my coach and again that goes back to that common theme of trust yeah and if you trust the coach and you know he's got your best you know intentions at heart if he's got to get tough with you once every three months, you're going to take that a lot more seriously than a bag skate for every, you know, turnover. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, it just loses effect. Coaching out of fear just doesn't work, especially now. Well, and speaking of bag skates, he said that, you know, when he was a head coach uh, in in the AHL, that there would be times where he needed to skate his team to kind of get a message across, but that he would skate with them to, you know, try and motivate and, and, you know, further, uh, get his point across and, and maybe, you know, give himself a, a workout to his own, uh, to, to his own admission. <laughs> he said he had to hold his breath. Yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> to say it, to, to make sure they didn't know he was out of yeah. shape, but, he but tried. I think that that's, uh, that's, you know, it's a fantastic quality to have when you're trying to build trust with, you know, with your team is to say like, Hey, like I'm, I'm not going to ask you things that I also wouldn't have asked of myself as if I were, you know, a player, um, having, having a coach like that. So, yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's great. I think that that's something that a team that is theoretically going to be young for a few seasons, uh, I think that that is something that players like that can respond to. Uh, Neil in the chat says, standing next to Luke, it looked like Kyle Davidson would be his son. <laughs> um, Kyle is not tall. No. no like, I, I was, when we met him at the, uh, at the CHGO outing at United Center, I was surprised by how short he was um so i wouldn't use that for context i think no. he's what maybe five six or so kyle yeah is he that much shorter than me he's he's the brinket sized five, about five eight i'll give him five you eight he's that tall no he's not i'm he, five ten he's, i'm five nine and i was pretty pretty close to him okay I I, I'm with Jay. I think he's more in the five six. When we range. when we get Kyle on the show, we'll go back to back and see how tall. You know, he we can do is, is we can do like you do at your house and just draw yeah, the notches yeah. on the wall. <laughs> we'll take measure, yeah. Yeah. Each guest we can notch <laughs> right. their notch their that height. That would be fun. See how they stack. Up. Uh, but yeah, he like he is imposing. Luke Richardson yeah. is an imposing dude. And uh, Rocky Wirtz said to him when they were getting ready for their photo op, like, "Ooh, you look like you can still play." And he he, he does like he yeah. physically. Yeah, he looks he looks ready to go, man. It's. I don't know. I, I just he's came no away Ken very Hitchcock, impressed. That's for sure. <laughs> my God. No, he's not. With his, my favorite Ken Hitchcock is his sweatshirt that just says hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The really uh, generic hockey sweatshirt, probably yeah. from a grandkid, which is beautiful. Uh, one thing we should focus on, and I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, is the interview process. Um, a couple weeks ago was the first interview, and I like that Kyle Davidson and the hockey ops team watched film with him and said, all right, here's a situation. How would you handle the situation? And Luke had answers for that. Then the second interview happens. They go out to dinner and actually watch a cup final game together. 
and kind of talk it through as it's going on. I love that approach. That's great. It's casual, but you're also putting a coach in a situation where he can't just be a good talker. He can't just sweet talk you. It's like, okay, you interviewed really well. Now put into action, you know, what did Alex Vlasic do wrong on this play? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why did, um, you know, why did Tampa give up a goal there? What should they have done differently? You know, and to have him be able to react in real time without any kind of planning or anything like that, it shows you he's the ability to think on his feet. And that's something he said too, is you've got to be able to adjust in real time. Like if things are not working, you have to adjust mid game. You can't just wait till the next practice or whatever. I don't know. I just, I, I just came away really impressed. And I, I've, I've admitted before that a character flaw of mine is that I'm an eternal optimist. And sometimes I'm just like, yay, pom-poms for everything new. But I just don't know how you could watch that presser and come away anything but impressed and encouraged. He won the press conference. There's no doubt about that. He was prepared. He had very thoughtful, uh, well-worded answers. There was no, not a lot of cliches. You know, a lot of these times you go to no. these, these press conferences, you do it long enough, you could pretty much write the the quotes before they even say it but right, he had a lot yeah. of thought he had a lot of a lot of good insight he told uh, a really good story about uh they they've made it known that he made his nhl d- debut in chicago f- playing for the toronto maple leafs at the old stadium and he and he told a story about that first uh game he was roommated with eddie olchek and uh eddie took him to breakfast the, the, the day of the game we're pretty sure it was the Palace Grill. He didn't yeah. say he's just some <laughs> diner, but there's some no diner doubt. in Chicago. There was no doubt Palace it was Grill. the Palace Grill, uh, and Eddie, and it, like kind of took him under his wing. He said, "Listen, that anthem, be ready for it." He said, "Everybody told me be ready for the anthem." I was like, "Yeah, what's the big deal?" And then it happened, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yep. <laughs> so you know he's got a relationship with Eddie Olchek, so you know that's probably played a little bit of a factor in this as well. Um, but you know he's got connections here already. He was very impressive, and you know, so far we're only a couple months into it, but so far Kyle Davidson it seems to be hitting the right moves here. We're gonna see if we still agree with that here in a couple of days as the draft <laughs> approaches and the trades start coming. Um, but you know, that's this was his guy. That he didn't bring in a hundred people. He didn't have this long yeah. list. He met Luke Richardson and was like. That's my guy. Well, and, and it, go for it. And it seemed like the interview process for the head coaching position, obviously Derek King was part of it because he was the interim, Luke Richardson. Um, and it, it seemed like, you know, I, I think there were maybe three or four total candidates that came in, but Richardson um, obviously impressed them enough to get the head coaching job. And, you know, the, the, the metaphor of, well, the, you know, the, the, the using the national anthem was something that he alluded to um, different times in the press conference about, you know, the, the, the passion of the fan base and translating that into the kind of passion and, and energy that he wants to see um, from his from his players and from from the, the, the teams that get you know put together for him and, and what he's looking for. He's looking to translate that onto the ice and have that be something that the players feed off of and that the fans then see from the players and say like, Hey, like, you know, the, the next season or two or three or whatever, they're going to be tough, but it seems like his goal is to make sure that at least, you know, the, what he's getting out of his players step by step one day at a time 
is hard work. You know, the they want <laughs> he want. I'm I'm sure if you play for a, a Luke Richardson team, um, your GAF meter is going to have to be pretty high, win or lose day in and day out. So I think that that's that's a great thing to to have and something that I think fans who you know, maybe are on the fence about this higher and, and about the team moving forward in the rebuild. That's something that you can hold on to and say, hey, we're probably going to get either, even in a loss, probably going to get, you know, a team that's going to give give an effort every night. Yeah. He, you mentioned the steps, and he, he said we're going to have to go one, two, three, four, not one to ten. Mm-hmm. And you can't skip steps in this development and in this rebuild. And I guess the way to – skip them would be to get more assets than you wanted to. So I want to tell everybody about our sponsors and on the other side, kind of get to some of the stuff Kyle Davidson talked about as well. Cause I think that's, that's just as important as, is a lot of the stuff Luke said today, but if you're enjoying CHGO and, and we hope you are, it's been a lot of fun so far and reminder again, tomorrow, uh, 11 a.m. Luke Richardson in studio with us. The best way to support us and keep us going is to download that PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do it now and you'll get free two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're also going to get a free CHGO membership, which includes a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, access to all of our great web content, all that great stuff, our Discord, all of it. So two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO Locker. All that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting. And what does that mean? You're watching a game, and the team you think is going to win is down two goals or down five points or whatever it might be. You can place that bet during the game and get those odds in real time. Play along with the game as you watch. It is a great and fun way to wager during the game instead of just picking a winner and waiting to see what happens, play along as the game goes on. There's no better way to make money than to see the Cubs get a 4-0 lead early and just hammer the money line for the opposition that it's at plus money (laughs) because you know the Cubs are going to lose. That's just the way it is right now. That's it. Yeah, or just bet against the Reds all year. Yeah. That's a good way to do it, too. Yeah, the Cubs. There's no yeah. wrong way to play at PointsBet, but that, that, those in-game wagers are a lot of fun. So download the PointsBet app right now and use that code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your sports betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or someone you know or care about has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And another one of our great sponsors here at CHGO is our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. We've been talking about them for a while. That's because they're a game changer and their product is fantastic and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some real benefits that can help you out in your daily life, like feeling alert and focused without all those jitters. You can deliver your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD into your daily routine can even help you get a better night's sleep so you wake up feeling your absolute best. Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch. It's fresh, and it's shipped straight to your door. They've got a lot of different flavors, different concentrations of CBD. 
You can get it in whole bean, ground, K-cup, whatever you want. They've got it. They'll take care of you. And CHGO listeners can save 25% off your entire order by using the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off of your order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com when you use that promo code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you're already a big fan of the product, and you should be by now because we are, you can subscribe and save by joining the Strava Coffee Club. That's where Strava puts you in control. You get to save on all your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your schedule. It doesn't get any easier than that. Check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. All right, Kyle Davidson had quite a few things to say uh, during the presser, too. Why don't we start with Derek King's future? A couple of the quotes I wrote wrote down, quote, Derek was put in a tough spot this year. That is correct. Yep, that's an understatement. Uh, we thought he did excellent. He was a serious candidate, and, quote, there's going to be a process moving forward where we keep Derek in the fold. So it doesn't feel like he's going to be an assistant under Luke Richardson, at least at this point, it just sounds like the Hawks are trying to find, and this is just me, maybe you guys disagree, but to me it sounded like they're almost going to create something to keep Derek King in the fold because it sounds like uh, they're going to keep the Rockford coach there because of he, uh, the job he did. Um, why am I blanking on his Andre name? Sorensen. Sorensen, thank you. I was going Sutterstrom. That's not right. Sorensen did a fine job when Derek came up to Chicago and they want to keep him there. So now Derek King's kind of in limbo, and maybe they convinced Luke Richardson to bring him on in some role. Um, but as we've talked about all week, Luke should have the autonomy to hire whoever he wants as his assistants. He should not be forced to, to bring in anybody. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Derek King, but it does sound like they're going to do their best to do right by him. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Davidson spoke about working with with Derek King about what is best for his future and the organization's future and hope sounding hopeful that those two things coincide with each other. And, and yeah, I don't, unless Luke Richardson can, you know, talks with Derek King and wants him to be on his staff. Uh, if I don't think he needs to be shoehorned into an assistant role. Uh, if, if Luke Richardson really doesn't feel like he wants him on his staff, but yeah, it does. It does seem like the Blackhawks will probably do some extra effort to uh, to keep Derek King around, and and I think that that's you know that's that's good to do right by by him because of the situation he was put into, and for the fact that you know it seems like he's pre- pretty well respected around the organization. So it, he se- definitely seems like someone that they want to keep around, and they're going to work hard to to keep him around yeah. in some way. Yeah, D- Davidson went out of his way again to compliment. Uh, Derek King and and said he's he's got you know they want to build an organization of quality character and Derek King is that so mm-hmm. they definitely value what he brings to the table it just depends on if there's a match of the roles that they want for him and he wants to take on so we'll see uh, I would imagine you know would get some sort of resolution of that sooner rather than later i would think soon yeah um and we'll see what happens um you know i i'm a huge fan of Derek king as as a person i got to cover him for his entire run in in rockford um and just just a really great guy um i i i would feel you know awful for him if this just doesn't work out now all of a sudden he's out of a job at no doing of his own yeah. you know it wasn't his fault 
Jeremy Carlton was terrible and he got to put on a roster that underachieved and all this off ice stuff. None of that was his doing. So for him to be completely unemployed by the end of this summer, uh, that, that almost can't happen. Yeah. That, that's, they a have really, to do something. That, that's a really bad look. Yeah. And, and just as, as a fan of the person, Derek King, I hope it can work out and he's still around. Cause he's just such a, he's always a great guy. You know, the first day we were on the beat here at CHGO, Mario and I went to, went to a practice and he had his little press conference sitting at the table in front of the media room at Fifth Third Arena. After that, walked all the way to the back of the room to say hello to me and welcome me here. And it was like, that's the type of person he is. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. But, you know, those are the little things that, that, go, that stick with you. I know that's the kind of person he is. And Kyle Davidson's right. You need guys like that in your organization, especially with everything that's happened, everything that's come to light of the previous regime and their f awful doings, you need more people like Derek King to help erase that, not erase it, but move on from it. I want to address a question in the chat. We've heard this a lot since Kyle Davidson took over. This is from Michael. He says, tell me why Davidson, who worked for He Who Shall Not Be Named for many years, makes him a different hire. That worries me. Well, Michael, I'll just say this. When that person, SB, was in charge. That might be a dime. There a were dime. people. <laughs> I paid enough, damn it. There were people in the organization working for him that disagreed. How many times have you worked for a boss that when he'd walk out the room, you'd be like, what an idiot. Yeah. What a complete moron. This guy has no clue how to run a business or auto body shop or McDonald's or Fortune 500 company, whatever it might be. Simply working under someone does not mean you have the same philosophy. Right. I got text after text after text from scouts after drafts and other people in the organization saying, what are we doing? No one wanted this pick. No one thought that this was the guy. This is a 100% stand move. You also had Al McIsaac, who was sort of working against SB. Nor, Norm McIver. That's, a, that's what at, least a, at least a quarter. No, Al McIsaac. He said, he Al said the first Yeah, thing. the two guys working together, theoretically – had different philosophies too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that would be, there were factions yeah. within the organization. So simply working under someone does not mean you have the same philosophy. Just, just look at what he's done so far. Yeah. There is nothing similar to what his predecessor did <laughs> in terms of player style, in terms of return on investment, all that stuff. Kyle Davidson has blown him out of the water so far. Yeah, Maybe working under he who should not be named you learned what not to do if you ever got in that yes, position. Exactly. You know, you can learn from, you don't take on necessarily all their terrible qualities. You maybe do the exact opposite because you're like, well, I worked for that guy and I hated it when he did that. So now that I'm in his position, I'm not going to do that because I know that makes the people under him uncomfortable. Right. And if you remember back when Davidson was, was introduced, he said some things that were kind of veiled shots at what the, yeah. the you know, what, the he's, previous regime did wrong. He's gone. And that he wasn't, We and he was saying, like, we're not going to make these same mistakes yeah. again. So it really seems like he he's, he's the exact opposite of, of going in, yeah, going in an opposite the guy, direction. The guy and, in the jar. And <laughs> that is the, <laughs> the man in the jar instead of the man in the arena. Um, yeah, I, I think there's nothing that I would say that Davidson has done that mimics 
what we're really used yeah. to as 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 fans and I know, the people watching this. Team. I know it's like Blackhawk fans are preconditioned, and maybe it's a little Stockholm syndrome, but <laughs> like, let it play out. Like, let it play out. Yeah, Davidson hey. has not been. Uh, He's he's not a clone of the previous guy. No, he's and there's no, there's nothing to 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 that he's done yet that you can say is oh incompetent. Right. He's he's building a team, a literal gigantic yeah. team of people to help him do this. Mm-hmm. And they what's funny they were all there today. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, soup was there and McIver was there and and uh Jeff Greenberg Megan, Greenberg Megan was Hunter, there Megan, Megan Hunter, Hunter was there, there. all in the Everybody front row there. Jamie Rocky, Faulkner Danny. Rocky Danny yeah, Faulkner it was a team yeah. it was a team presentation it was you know everybody had their backing of this move and you know Davison has pretty much said that hey I don't know everything on how to do this so I'm going to bring in some really smart people to help me and we're going to collectively get this team in the right decision that is Anti he who shall not be named. If I, I've ever heard of it, I go back to your Voltron. Yeah, comp. It's fill in whatever you lack in, bring in people to fill in those gaps, yep. and you make one great hockey Voltron. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. That's how it should be. GM by committee, almost. Yep. With Davidson getting the final say and yeah. making the final yeah. call, as long as he continues to objectively listen to this group that he's handpicked, those are all his hires. There's yep. no doubt in my mind about that. That's not. Hey, we're going to give you this job, but you got to bring back Norm McIver. No, he's got that experience was, yeah. working with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's a guy I, I that I mentored, and he helped me get here, and now I need his help for me to excel at this job. Yep. He has admitted that, you know, he's got his flaws, so he needs to bring in other people to make up for those flaws. That takes a lot of stones to, to admit that. Let me ask you this. If the last guy was GM, would Luke – well, Colin might still be the coach, but would Luke Richardson be the hire? No shot. No. He so. would have to go outside the box. It would have to be some I'm smarter than everybody else sort of a hire. Like, look how smart and sneaky I am. That That's what, even though sometimes the things like that that he did worked, they were always met with an eye roll. Like, come on, it's such a, it's such a leap. Mm-hmm. It's such a stretch. And, yeah, maybe it works out. And maybe this player turns out really good. But it's so off the radar. It's so off the mark. Sometimes, like, not overthinking things is the way to go. And I, I think that that's sort of like, it's funny. You mentioned Stockholm syndrome. It's, we're so used to the GM doing off the wall, wacky stuff that Kyle Davidson simply operating the way a GM should operate is like shocking. And so, it's like knocking off, off, off of our train tracks a little bit. Yeah. Like, whoa, he's trading for guys that are good. And he's trading an asset for a ton more assets. And oh my goodness, it's just, it's such yeah. a different feel. Yeah, it, it really feels like in the last few years, uh, we've we've been conditioned to question and you know talk down about moves that were happening, and and now we haven't really had anything to talk down to, yeah. and it's it's a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah. yeah. So I'm 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 happy with the job Davidson's done so far, and um, I think it really just with with Richardson coming in, I think there's just optimism and patience because we won't know if he's a terrible coach after just one season no you know it'll take it'll take some time right a roster that won't even be close to being quote-unquote complete for a few years no it's just nice it's refreshing that there's some optimism around Mm -hmm. this team all of a sudden we haven't had real optimism here in years 
Yeah. In years. When was the last time you were like, okay, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing what happens. Especially after the last calendar year. It's nice to talk about the Blackhawks with a potential of trending in the right direction. And a a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. And different people in these positions, different coaches, different people in charge. It's refreshing. It's nice. They've hit the reset button. It's time to move forward. It's time to let the past be the past and build to a new and exciting Mm -hmm. future. A little bit of non-Blackhawks breaking news. Kevin Weeks says Tampa Bay Lightning assistant Derek Lalonde, which is a name we all sort of had on our radar, was in Detroit to meet with the Red Wings regarding their head coaching vacancies. So something to keep an eye on as the week goes on here. Um, He hasn't had to delete that? Tweet yet? Uh, not yet. Check back 20, in three minutes. 20 minutes. Sure old. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Then it's probably good. Where, where did he say Detroit that? Detroit sucks. <laughs> Detroit sucks. Forever and always. Yes, that's that is a fact. Uh, and and for a while they actually did really suck, which was yeah. kind of fun. It was for a nice. while. Um, but again, kind of going back to the the last guy, new guy, sort of a thing. And and what Luke Richardson kept saying is trust, 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 trust. You know, you hire a staff to scout and to build a big board for your draft and to do all these things, trust them. You brought them in for a reason. So if draft day comes around, look, Kyle Davidson can't probably be in the weeds on every prospect in the league. That's why you hire your amateur scouts to go do that and develop that list for you Mm -hmm. and then trust them with their decisions and draft the people that the consensus says you should draft instead of going rogue and pissing off everybody that works for you. Right. Trust, trust, trust. And I, I, it's a word that kept coming up today, and it's going to stick with me as sort of a, you know, it's going to influence everything I hear from Richardson and Davidson and everybody kind of going forward is that word and that, that theme. Well, at this point, Blackhawk fans have no reason not to trust either one of those guys. Right. They've given us no reason to, not, to doubt them, to not trust them. They're gonna, there will be some missteps along the way here. There's no doubt there are going to be some moves where you're going to be like, eh, Kyle, my guy. No what, GM what was has a perfect record. Right. There are going to be missteps. But as long as there's the clear vision, the transparency, the honesty, you're going to make your mistakes. You can't, you can't, they're all not going to be home runs. You know? So there's no reason to mistrust the new regime right now. There may be down the road. We all might be, you know, oh, my God, this, everything about this was terrible. But there's no reason <laughs> to feel that right now. Let, let, let Davidson get his plan into motion this summer. It starts, it's the very, you know, it, we, as we've said, it's getting to ground zero is this, what this summer is all about. And let's see what they go. Let's see what this first draft class Hire, looks yeah. like. Yeah, hiring Richardson is, is part of that first step. And, yeah, this, this first draft is, is, a, is a big one. And it, it'll, I think it'll set the tone for what we can expect, what Kyle Davidson uh prefers or what he or what he puts an emphasis on in in his uh vision for what they kind of players that they want i think luke richardson will have since since he's been able to be put into place before the draft he'll have a little bit of a say of you know these are guys that i qualities i want you know players that i want styles of players um you know he he mentioned it too he's like we everyone would love to be Really, really big, really fast, <laughs> and really skilled, but not everyone's like right. that. So, you know, I, I think it'll be good to have, um, you know, an eye like his, uh, an input like his as well into the draft. Um, the scouting department went through some changes, and we'll see we'll see what kind of, of changes that uh, that takes effect in in the draft. And to the 
the, the biggest thing today talking about the draft was the potential of getting into the first round. And, you know, Alex DeBrinkett was brought up. Wanting to get a first round round pick was brought up. Wanting to get future assets was was talked about. And, and Kyle Davidson obviously couldn't go into many details. But, uh, again, he, he seemed very much on the side of, like, if we can get something done that makes sense, we're going to do it. Yep. And I think that's the, 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 biggest, the biggest takeaway was that they're not going to just trade – and, and I'll say Alex to bring it just because that's the that's the person that's been brought up the most, the person that makes the most sense um, to to try and get into the first round and and more. They're not going to force anything, is what is what Davidson said, and that's where you can get into trouble. If you were if you went to the the Devils and said we'll give you Alex to bring it for the second overall pick, well that's the problem because you're not getting anything else out of it, and you're not getting fair value. Right. So if 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 that's the deal, if the deal's not there. They're not going to do it, and I think that that's the best approach to it. But I still take away that Davison really wants to get into the first round, and and they're not going to force it. But I think if if something's tantalizing enough, they'll they'll pull the trigger. Well, yeah, I like that he said, you know, that's how you get yourself into trouble. If you just go in there with your heart set on getting into the first round, regardless of what it's going to cost to do so, that's how you screw yourself. But right. like you said, if you know pick eleven's coming up or twelve, and you're like oh, I really like that guy or. You know, the end of the first round's coming, and they maybe they give up their their second-round pick and a later-round pick to move up five spots to grab somebody they really like. Cool. Mm-hmm. But you can't just go in there and be like, I'm getting into the first round, and I don't care how I do it. No, that's foolish. And you put your organization in, in a bad spot there. A couple quotes about uh, the DeBrinket stuff and other things. Uh, he said, quote, there are some players that are untouchable based on their contract status. Taves, Kane, Jones. Yeah, other that's than it. that. That's it. Uh, he said, "We quote, we are in a position where we are listening, um, which is absolutely what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some speculation earlier today on Twitter that the asking price is multiple firsts and prospects. Yeah, that's where the conversation starts for me with DeBrinkett. And yeah. they are in no need to trade him. They can very just as easily sign him to a long-term contract and have him be the face of the team for the next decade or whatever. They're in no they're in no rush to trade Alex DeBrinkett. If some team wants to come and, like you say, wreck their franchise to get him, by all means, feel yeah. free. But to- I, I'm not convinced either way he's staying or going. I think letting the league know this very good 24-year-old is available, come and blow our doors off and we'll talk. Yeah. If, you got two first, if you got two first-round picks for Brendan Hagel, yeah, it needs to be right in two NHL ready players. Yeah, I mean, come on, what are we doing here? So if somebody says, "Well, more than one first round pick is too high of an ask," well, then you're not. We're not talking to you anymore, right? Um, yes, that's why I'm so hell bent on the Devils. Like mm-hmm. none of these other first round picks this year do a lot for me. Like outside of the top three this year, there's not really anyone. Eh. Well, and like, it's 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 the extra stuff that you're right that you're looking for outside of. You know, like like the Kraken have been been brought up, the Ottawa Senators have been brought up, um, the LA Kings have been brought up. Like outside of the the first round pick that you're trying to get this year, what else are you going to get from from those from those teams, and what are they going to be willing to give up? Quinton Byfield, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I don't think LA is going to do that. No, they're, they're, also, they're picking like 19th, so it's just yeah. like that's not also not going to be no, worth it. There's yeah, you don't. It, it's definitely interesting to see, but. 
you know, and I loved how Davidson numerous times says he's not going to force anything. And we already kind of got an example of that when he flat out didn't trade Calvin DeHaan at the deadline because he mm-hmm. didn't get what he wanted for him. That yeah. what he, whatever he valued DeHaan was that was not there. So he said, I'm not going to trade him just to trade him. So DeHaan, Kubalik. Yeah, there were, you know. there, were, there were chances for him to just get anything for these guys, and he didn't take it for whatever reason. Maybe there were no offers for him. Maybe also there wasn't, possible, yeah. um, but he had a set value for some of these guys, wasn't offered that or didn't get an offer anywhere near that. And he said no. So uh, Kyle Davidson does not appear to be a guy that's going to get forced into making a bad trade like somebody else that we were used mm-hmm. to around here. For, right. For yeah, well, he, I, I will say, though, one advantage he has is he's in a position of power, right? Yeah. Like he's got. The ability to take on some bad contracts teams, teams, in order teams to take on some who are desperate are going to be calling the Blackhawks and not the other way around. Yeah, got to get used to that. I know we're not. That goes against the grain of of what we've watched here for the last decade. But teams, you know, for for a long time, it was he who shall be not named that had to to, to coin, you know, to use the old phrase to get bent over a barrel. Yeah, to get rid of a bad contract. Now we own the barrel. We're a barrel company now, Mister. Now you can bend over the barrel, kind sir, and uh, let, let's see what you got. Uh, Brandon in the chat mentions a name that we've not brought up often as a trade possibility: Connor Murphy. Um, if you're a team on the cusp of a Stanley Cup, I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs as a team that needs an affordable defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Every team that's contending should be interested in Connor Murphy, and. Those are the sort of things where as the draft rolls around and teams are looking at the roster and saying, you know, I don't I don't love any of the first round picks this year. Anyone that we would pick would be three, four years away. Let's 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 get a Connor Murphy here for a first round pick. Like it's not just to brink it. That's not the only option, is what I'm saying. There's guys all over the roster that you could flip. But I think in terms of player value on the trade market, aside from to brink it, I think Connor Murphy would be number two. Probably, yeah. I, I, I mean, if you're if you're eliminating the no trade clause, yeah. If, guys you, if you're price. taking the people, yeah. the guys without, only the guys without movement protection, yeah. I would say Connor Murphy is up there. Um, I wonder about Murphy because of the the quality character that he is. I wonder if that is something that the team doesn't want to move because they know that he can be kind of a he can be a veteran presence. He can be a, he can be a, a good influence within the locker room, um, as well as being you know a, a quality defenseman. But yeah, I mean if, if you're if you're looking to open up spots for the younger blue liners that are going to be coming up uh, pretty soon here, and you're looking to maximize value, Murphy's probably yeah to your point. I think he's probably the the number two or you know top three players on this roster currently that could you know fetch a, a pretty good trade trade offer 29 years old four more years left at 4.4 that's not that not, is a that's that's not great bad for a guy contract. Who, for a guy who can play uh you know a, a number three number four role on on some decent teams like yeah that's 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 not bad at all no yeah they, they, it'd be interesting to see what happens uh you know i don't know if they're eager to move murphy but again if the, if the right deal comes through you know you got to like I see a guy like Luke Richardson look at Connor Murphy and go, that's my like third assistant who just happens to get the play. True. Uh, and who knows what kind of relationship there is there. Luke Richardson played in Columbus. 
Uh, I'm not sure if that's when Gord Murphy was there or not, but you know, uh, Connor, uh, you know, Connor Murphy grew up in the Columbus area, so there may be a connection there. But like, I think like one of the closest players the Blackhawks have to what Luke Richardson was when he played was Connor, Connor Murphy. Murphy yeah. yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's the the guy Luke Richardson has told Kyle Davidson. I, I don't want him going anywhere. If if you can avoid trading him, obviously, if if well, it, if something that you can't refuse comes up, but this is a guy I want as my 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 guy on the ice. And he said today, uh, one of the kind of a throwaway line, but the Hawks want to add size on yeah, defense. I was going to mention that earlier, and yeah, he wants more size on defense. So that's got, a little. They got uh, some big prospects. Yeah, I mean you, that that, that yeah. bodes well for a guy like Isaac Phillips, who's got good size and. And uh, Alan Vlasic's tall, he needs to fill out, but, fill yeah. out, yeah. But, but the, Regula, yeah. Vlasic, Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, Isaac Phillips like, yeah. these are all some pretty sizable guys, yeah. Not looking but good, they for just got a there. <laughs> probably not, no, probably not, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's it's again, takes time, patience, uh, you know, for, for, for guys like that to, to get to their you know, their full NHL forms, so yeah. to say. We got about five minutes to go here, so let's try to get some questions from the chat. Uh, Tom says, "Do you read anything into the fact that Richardson did not include DeBrinket's name in talking about the team leadership?" No. Uh, at the moment, I did not. I think it was just he was asked a question, and top of his head thought. I feel like he's had forty-eight hours in the city. Like yeah. I don't think he's, he he ha- he said he hasn't had conversations he with Taze or Kane yet, and I don't wouldn't have expected he him probably to, doesn't to even be know there. Half yet. the guys who are on this roster, at this right? Point. Like yeah, and I checked. The Brinkett jerseys were still full price at the Blackhawks <laughs> store. They, they weren't were not, on sale. Not on the clearance rack. So, see, now that's the kind of insight I like. Out of yeah, that's, I, that's, that's a, literally the first thing I look for is Brinkett on clearance. Because if if so, I'm breaking the news that he's uh, being <laughs> traded. I love, by the way, Luke Richardson holding up the 22 jersey, which is the number he wore for the vast majority of his career. That jersey's already spoken for. Yeah, Can I buy one of those? It's kind of a nice looking. It was a sweet look. I like, did, did he I'm ask a big us, fan of the double numbers. Did he ask us for permission to use our number? Yeah, yeah right. we'll, we'll take it up with him tomorrow. Yeah, hey, buddy. Yeah, come on, buddy. We had to get permission from Jordan Tutu, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil, if both Murphy and DeBrinket go, who will replace them as alternate captains, in your opinion? Sam Lafferty. Oh, boy. I mean, well, re, re, you know, Reese Johnson. Seth Jones. Well, he's captain, right? Reese Johnson Reece will Johnson. be captain, <laughs> according to Derek King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Seth Jones Seth will Jones certainly will have a number. Get an a. So uh, Kane already uh, wears Kane one. Kane has one. Kane's so it would one. probably be Jones. Yeah, Jones. And those, yeah, those would be the two permanent ones. Because Murphy and DeBrinket alternated. They alternated home and Home away. Road. Yep. But, yeah, I yeah. would say it's probably Seth Jones. Uh, surfing Cade, I'm sorry, surfing. Uh, he says Murphy needs to be healthy to be moved. Plus, for a guy who could be one concussion away from retiring and has a bad back, four years at 4.4 is a lot. It's true. Uh, it could play a role into his value, yeah, but but every in this sport, every player's next shift could be their last shift, it, right? And yeah. you're also not going to find in any other way, shape, or form a defenseman as good as Connor Murphy at that price. If you went to sign, if Connor Murphy was a free agent this year. You're talking six and a half, seven, probably, probably for for him. I mean, seems high, but yeah, but in that range, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past. Know, I, I wouldn't put it past the NHL to overpay for a person like that. As we know, though, NHL GMs don't, they don't have the foresight to think beyond the season that's in front of them. Most of the time, yeah. 
Yes. Like, they only, like. <laughs> As I point to the jar for those listening. The team that is, is a Connor Murphy away from winning the Stanley Cup in 2023 doesn't give a rat's ass about 2026. Yeah. They'll worry about that when they get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will, the, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've been there, done that. Games and Roses asks, out of curiosity, if DeBrinkett were to be traded, would you expect his next contract to be in the eight nine million dollar range, or what is your guess? Uh, it starts at nine. Nine and nine up. is the nine is the yeah. lowest it will be. Nine and up. Yep. Twenty twenty four year old multi time forty goal scorer or forty yeah forty goal scorer. He's yeah. on pace for on pace for fifty the two seasons it's single ago. Single digits. I'll be surprised. Yeah. Uh, he also mentioned games and roses. He or she. I don't want to. I don't want to assume. Uh, said, did you guys hear John Scott's rant about Debrinket not no, being a superstar? Nope, and I don't care what John. I'll Scott stop you. Says at, did you? Anything. I'll stop you. At, did you hear John Scott's rant? No, nope, didn't. Nope. Won't. I. John Scott's a super nice guy. He and is, a really he smart is, guy. But I really don't care about what he says. I, about I just. He is. I want to say though, nice person. Very nice. Here, guy. Here's the thing. Is Alex Debrinket a franchise player? I don't know if the answer to that is yes. I think he is. An elite complimentary player, he is the like Artemi Panarin. Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. Yes, I don't think he can be the best player on a contender. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think Alex Dabrinkit can be the best player on a team on a team that has championship aspirations. He's a great two, a great three. Yeah. I, I think a lot like Artemi Panarin, where that cannot be your best player. That's not enough. And I love both guys. I love Dabrinkit, but I just don't think there's enough to his game. For him to be considered the best player on a contender or a franchise franchise player, I think we've only seen him as a second, third fiddle. I think if he was on a, if I think if he was on a roster where he was arguably the best player, I think he could step into that role and be a top of the top of the league kind of player. I th- I think if you if you look at forwards in the NHL, he should probably be in the top twenty, fifteen. Some might be crazy enough to say top ten. I don't know. I, th- I think he has that ability, that skill. We've seen in recent years how his all-around game has started to, to round out where he's not just a, a guy that can score 40 goals and he's going to get 12 assists. Like He can, he can do a little bit more than uh, just put the puck in the net, and I think that just kind of comes with some, some development and some maturity. I, th- I think he can be that kind of player. All right, got to wrap up. we got to tell people about Owen. Yes. But I think of DeBrinkit as like a Mitch Marner type. Right, okay. really yeah. good, huge offensive output, good in all ends, but just not for me. A guy is going to change a franchise. I mean, okay. please delete I, that until he is traded. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, let me uh, let me tell you guys a little bit about Owen, spelled O W Y N. It stands for only what you need. It is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy in them, and they are easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from a Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the promo code CHGO20. I uh, just restocked my uh, my shelf with some Owen uh, it is, uh, it's been, it's been working for me as I've been getting into, uh, working out a little bit. Uh, it's, you know, I, I got the, the higher protein con- concentration. Uh, I think it's 32 grams. Uh, it is, it's, it's, it's hefty. It'll, it'll, it'll keep you full. It'll, uh, it'll keep you feeling, uh, feeling good after your workout. 
cuts down that recovery time uh, pretty well. So join myself and Justin Fields, one in the same when it mm-hmm. comes to working out. Same body. Same and body. Uh, try Owen. Again, O-W-I-N, only what you need. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Reminder, tomorrow, Thursday, 11 a.m., right here in our West Loop studios, we will be joined by Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson. We cannot wait. We will talk to you then. 11 a.m. Turn on those notifications on YouTube so you know when we're live. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.